What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com and on Locked On Fantasy Football on Mondays. It's Roundup Monday. We break down everything we saw in the week's games uh, leading up to the Monday night closer. And this time, the Monday edition of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code Locked On at MyBookie.ag. So we'll dive right into it. A lot of uh, surprise things that happened. A lot of things that uh, continued to click there that we saw in these games. We'll start with the Thursday night clunker there, and it was just a absolute uh, fantasy mess there, especially if you owned anyone in the Bengals. Andy Dalton was really at his worst. Didn't have any interceptions, but only 224 yards passing. The key here is that A.J. Green really complained, and they made a big offensive coordinator change, firing Ken Zampezi, going to the Bill Lazor. So hopefully that uh, A.J. Green will be happier. Still had five catches for 67 yards. Not bad in a PPR. Tyler Eifert, 3 for 42. But really, the running games look terrible. They're not giving Joe Mixon the ball enough. He actually looked okay in this game. So with Laser going forward, I think Mixon and Green and Eifert, the top playmakers on this team, will be a bigger deal. Now, Deshaun Watson did have the beautiful run, the 49-yard touchdown to win this game for the Texans, 13-9. But overall... I think he's going to have some value as a streamer in different matchups because of that rushing ability in this game alone. Uh, he only had 125 passing yards for five points in most leagues, but he backed it up with 12 on the ground with his 67 rushing yards on that CD, TD. So 17-point game, still not exactly what you're looking for as a streamer, but I think it's going to get better as the matchups get better. This was a tough matchup on the road in a short week in his first start. I think it'll only get better from there. With the Texans running game, hopefully we'll see a little bit more of Dante Foreman. Lamar Miller looked okay in this game, had 61 yards rushing, had 26 receiving, but I think Foreman's going to get more into that. So the problem with Miller is going to be the touchdowns all year, and I think that's very playing out from last year. Our next game, staying in the AFC South, this is the first game on Sunday, was the Titans ripping the Jaguars 37-16. It started very slowly. Marcus Mariota still wasn't all that great in this game. Had a 215 yards passing TD interception, only 24 rushing. The real story in this one for 
Tennessee was the fact that DeMarco Murray came out very ineffective again for the second straight week. Derrick Henry kind of took over this backfield. 14 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. So all of a sudden he was a big, big part of this offense. And uh, Delaney Walker, consistent as ever, had the short TD rushing, but also had 61 yards there receiving. So solid. He's an every week play there at tight end. Jonu Smith also scored the backup rookie tight end, but don't look into Met too much into that. But the Henry development is something that we're going to watch because the backfield might have changed hands here in this particular game because the offense looked completely more effective with Henry in there. On the other side, Blake Bortles, tough game with two picks. Did have a TD. But we saw Leonard Fournette score again. Rough day rushing, 14 carries, 40 yards, but did get in the end zone. So he's always going to be a threat to do that. We also saw him catch two passes for 21 yards here. Alan Hearns, six catches, 82 in a TD, 776 for Marcus Marquise Lee. So both these guys are definitely valuable in a PPR if there's garbage time. Hearns right now scoring, that kind of uh, puts him ahead of Lee in this order. The targets were pretty equal. So Hearns and Lee, you're just taking a shot from time to time through the right matchup as a wide receiver. Three, this is pretty good that they came through against a good Jacksonville secondary. Our next game was kind of uh, a boring one for the most part. Carson Palmer did rebound here. Ended up with 332 yards passing in the end with a TD. Did have an interception. We thought he could have a much bigger game against the Colts. But he's kind of struggled out of the gate. So this was good just to see that. The takeaway is the backfield was a mess as expected. We told you not to trust Kerwin Williams in this matchup. It was Chris Johnson getting the most carries, 11 for 44. Andre Ellington being involved in the passing game as well. So Williams just didn't hold up. Here's the backup fill-in here for David Johnson. I think it's going to be cloudy going forward. J.J. Nelson, another takeaway that uh, with no John Brown, with that quad injury that Nelson is the guy to look at instead of Jerron Brown next to Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald did a quiet game. Three catches for 21 yards. But J.J. Nelson is a guy that's going to be on the radar with John Brown out indefinitely over Jerron Brown. and had four catches for 73. So this backfield's a mess. Stay away. But Nelson can definitely have an impact for you in the pass game. Jacoby Brissett had his ups and downs here. Didn't have a TD pass. But it was interesting to see how the offense would be with him versus Scott Tilzine. The biggest thing was T.Y. Hilton was not the go-to guy. He had four catches for 49. Very bad game. He's unstartable at the moment. But Jack Doyle, the tight end, eight catches for 79 yards. Brissett, new to the offense, has a security blanket there. So it's uh, that's what we've kind of seen developing here for the Colts. As long as Brissett is in there, he's going to go safe. And Doyle, Nick and Dunk, Frank Gore also effective in this game. 14 carries, 46 yards, didn't do all that much otherwise, but did have a TD. So he's always going to be a threat to score, and that's when you look at uh, Frank Gore. and uh, So that's good that he came through in a, in a tough matchup for you, for sure. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking for advice on games like these, even if they're tight and unpredictable like we've seen the first three games. And usually it's about what team to bet on. you got... Uh, Texans or Bengals, Jaguars or Titans, Colts or Cardinals. And, well, 
where you're betting on these games is just as important on who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. The site is so great. And the best thing of all here is that listeners across the Locked On Network can take advantage of a new promo code for a 100% deposit bonus. That's Locked On. Just enter that promo code Locked On. I know there are a lot of online sports books out there, but my book is the only one that gets my stamp of approval. And and really, it's just the way the site is. It just looks beautiful. It's easy to use, and it's by far the best you can use out there in terms of sports books. They've been in this business for years, and mybookie.ag, their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts in the business. Seriously, seriously, in just two business days, you can get paid. So it's no different from going into Las Vegas in a casino and sports book. But the best thing is that you can do it right from your smartphone. So it's so good. You can do it on the go. Live in-game betting. Mobile usage is just perfect. So trust me, just go to mybookie.ag to place your bets. Tell them I sent you by using promo code Locked on. Get over there. Get the best odds anywhere. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Now we'll continue with a look at the rest of the games here. Now we're getting into some good ones here that uh, were kind of wild. The Chiefs hold on to beat the Eagles 27-20. And the takeaway here is Kareem Hunt, still awesome. 81 carries or 81 yards on only 13 carries, two TDs there, so he's just a machine. The town is there, front runner for rookie of the year right now, ahead of a lot of talented backs. So Hunt is just rolling. Travis Kelsey got back on track. Here's the go-to guy: eight catches, 103 yards, and a TD. Tyreek Hill was quieted by an Eagles secondary that kind of made him the focus with no Ronald Darby. Four catches for 43 yards. Hunt again involved in the passing game, 28 there. So he's just having an outstanding season. Kind of throwback to what we saw with Priest Holmes and that dominant fantasy performer, and he's looking like an RB1 all season long. On the Eagles' side, Carson Wentz, he's going to be viable in fantasy all year. Rushed for 55 as well, thrown for 333 yards, two TDs. So another big, big game for Wentz overall that he's in the conversation here as a guy that you can look at more regularly in your lineup, more than just a streamer. Best thing he's getting it to his guys, 5 for 97 for Zach Ertz, 7 for 92 and a touchdown for Alshon Jeffrey. So his wep- his main weapons are getting involved. And Torrey Smith was in here too, 4 for 66. And Nelson Aguilar wasn't forgotten. He only had one catch for nine yards but scored a touchdown for the second straight week. So this Eagles offense is good, looking good there in the backfield. The only guy you're looking at, Darren Sproles, who had uh, 78 yards on 12 touches. He's the only guy, LeGarrette Blunt is kind of in the doghouse for sure with only one reception in this game, no carries at all. Now we go to our next game, Bills and Panthers. Again, a game without a touchdown, 9-3 the Panthers hold up. Cam Newton extremely disappointing. He had some good runs here, but only 27 yards rushing, 228 passing. No TDs, no interceptions. So very disappointing, boring performance from Cam Newton. Tyrod Taylor was absolutely nothing here. 55 rushing yards, but only 125 passing. Here, the takeaway, unfortunately, is Greg Olson went down with a broken foot. He's going to be out for a long period of time. One catch for 10 yards before he left. Kelvin Benjamin got more looks here because of no... Olson and Devin Funches picked up 
pay. So it's six seventy seven for Benji Benjamin's four sixty eight for Funches. So I think Funches is going to have to be a bigger part of what the Panthers do here without Olsen. So that's a guy to keep in mind there for fancy leagues. Other side, LaShawn McCoy, just a really off day. 12 carries, 9 yards, 34 yards rushing. Just brutal, brutal day for Shady there. I think he'll have better days. This uh, Panthers backfield, cool off for both Christian McCaffrey. He should have caught a touchdown there from Newton that missed him. Jonathan Stewart, like 15 carries, 40 yards. So the Bills run defense seems like it's pretty legitimate where it's tough to look at teams to play against them and as well as the Panthers run defense going forward. The next game was the Buccaneers all over the Bears, 29-7. Not a surprise here. Jameis Winston had a good game. We thought he could have a bigger game, but only 204 yards and T. That's all he really needed because uh, everyone else was having a good, good day as well. So it's good that that TD went to Mike Evans, seven catches, 93. Quiet day for Deshaun Jackson, three for 39. He didn't really need much to stretch the field. Jaquiz Rogers in the running game were looking good too. 19 carries, 67 yards. For Rodgers, he really didn't uh, get looks in the passing game, but solid in the running game with that uh, 12.7, their performance. So this Tampa Bay offense got a little warmed up. They did get a pick six from their defense there to put this game away from Mike Glennon. So second quarter, by the second quarter, this game was away. So the Bucks just kind of played keep away and didn't really have to do much. Mike Glennon, 300 yards, but one TD, two picks, including that pick six. This is much to see here in the Bears passing game. Deontay Thompson had the touchdown. Kendall Wright was the most effective PPR-type player, seven catches for 69 yards. So it's going to be a lot of uh, Kendall Wright and uh, Deontay Thompson, a little bit of Josh Bellamy. He went 4 for 51. And Tarek Cohen, Jordan Howard really banged up and limited. He was active. If you heard the late news that uh, Cohen was going to be the guy, you went with him. Cohen, unfortunately, had a decent day with with his 15 touches for 68 yards. Unfortunately, he lost a fumble and couldn't get going beyond that garbage time. So disappointing, but uh, Jordan Howard owners should be very concerned out of this game. We go to the next game. This was the marquee matchup that turned into a kind of a Patriots route here. 36-20 over the Saints. Tom Brady, what can you say? He needed a game like this to get out of that Chiefs funk. 30 for 39, 447 yards, three TDs, no picks, just a vintage, awesome Brady game. Drew Brees, still solid, 356 and two. We thought it could be a little bit more here for Brees. Uh, for the Patriots, we'll see how their injuries play out. Rob Gronkowski had six catches for, fit, for 116 yards plus a 53-yard touchdown. The growing injury, we'll see. Hopefully that's not too bad. James White had a good all-around game being involved as the primary receiver with no Danny Amendola. Rex Burkhead got banged up out of this game. Had the early touchdown, three catches, 41 yards, and a score. Not much involvement in the running game. but So we'll have to see if his ribs hold up. Maybe it's a bigger role for White going forward. Or Deion Lewis, who got some uh, mop-up duty here when the game was a little out of hand. Mike Gillisley found the end zone again here. That's always going to be his upside. 18 carries, 69 yards. Not going to be involved too much in the passing game, but he always has a chance to score, so you keep him in your lineup that way. The Saints' backfield was kind of uh, all over the place. Alvin Kamara only had one touch there, but he was definitely involved in the passing game. Three catches, 51 yards. Hit a big, long play there for 38. 
Mark Ingram, 8 for 52. Adrian Peterson, 8 for 26 rushing. So it's a mess of a backfield. I think Kamara is slowly emerging as the most attractive one. Michael Thomas, solid game. Nothing spectacular. Five catches, 89 yards. And Kobe Fleener, still involved there with no Brandon Coleman. Three catches, 33, and a touchdown. Brandon Coleman had the other one out of the slot, 482-1. So we'll see if Willie Sneed can get back to doing anything here in this offense. But looks like Breeze is in a comfort zone with Thomas, Coleman, Kamara, and Fleener as his primary targets in the passing game. Brady, just beat goes on. He's a stud. Play him every week. Enjoy the results. Cleveland and Baltimore is the Ravens winning 24-10. Here, Deshaun Kaiser really struggled. Had the migraines that took him out of the game. Had to put in Kevin Hogan for a while. Had three picks. Hogan had one pick to go with his TD. There to David Njoku. Now, the interesting thing about the Browns passing game, Rashard Higgins was the number one receiver. He's going to be a popular pickup. Seven catches for 95. And Seth DeValve, a tight end, two catches, 61, even though it was Njoku with a tight end. So this offense, you never know who's going to be the key guys here. It's all over the board. You had Duke Johnson in his hybrid role, pretty good game here. Seven touches for 80 yards, including a 34 catch. The concern here is Isaiah Correll. Another bad game in a row. Could chalk it up to two pretty good defenses there early. 10 for 37. Hopefully things will get better in the rushing attack, but right now he's hard to trust and is an RB2. On the other side with the Ravens, uh, Joe Flacco, two TDs. Terrence West got into the end zone rushing, but Javoris Buck Allen was the guy who was more involved when you look at 19 touches for 101 yards and a TD there. So He's definitely going to be a lifeblood of this offense. Jeremy Macklin is going to continue that 4 for 31 and a touchdown receiving. And Benjamin Watson, still not totally gone out of here. Eight catches for 91 yards. So I think this offense is going to be a lot of Watson, Allen, and Macklin in the passing game and West in the rushing game going forward. And West can also catch the ball as well. So that's also good to see. Ravens are more fantasy relevant than we think. We go to our next game. It was the Steelers handling the Sam Bradfordless Vikings. 26-9, that was a late thing that happened. No Bradford. This offense really struggled with Case Keenum. Really couldn't get anything going. It dragged down Dalvin Cook. He only had 12 carries for 64. He should have had a touchdown. Unfortunately, he got vultured by C.J. Ham when replay showed that Cook was down short of the goal line. So C.J. Ham, the fullback, seals what could have been a solid day from Cook instead of it's just a... Disappointing day with the 64 yards, but Keenum really dragged down Adam Thielen, dragged down Stephon Diggs even more, and Kyle Rudolph as well. So those guys combined only for 11 catches, no one more than 45 yards from Rudolph, Thielen 44, and Diggs 27. So we need Bradford back to help this entire offense for sure. I never thought I would say that, but Bradford or Bridgewater, hopefully one of these Guys, Bridgewater is looking at a middle-season return. Bradford, we need him back right away. Ben Roethlisberger, solid home game, as you expect. 243 yards and two TDs. Martavis Bryant is going to be a better home play all season. Three catches, 91 yards. That cooled off uh, Antonio Brown, who had 5 for 62. A modest, very modest game by his standards. Now, the question is, Le'Veon Bell, 27 carries, only 87 yards. So, still not getting... Really off to a good start here and only four yards on four catches. So we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell of old yet. Maybe we'll see that soon. But the defense he's run to 
concern you a little bit because uh, we saw what the Ravens were able to do with the Browns and uh, the Vikings weren't all that dominant against the Saints. So you, there's a little bit of concern with Bell here, but hopefully he'll rebound and have a big get-well game soon. We go into our late window. We have the Dolphins playing the Chargers there in Los Angeles. The Dolphins hold, come back and rally to win with two field goals in the fourth quarter, 19 to 17 here after the Chargers cling to a four-point lead. Jake Cutler solid, nothing too streamy there because he only had 230 yards and a touchdown, but just controlled this offense pretty well, made uh, Devontae Parker happy, four catches for 85, kept Jarvis Landry as a PPR beast with 13 catches for 78 yards, and Kenny Stills, two for 37 and a touchdown. So good distribution, not too many people that he's trying to feed here. It's basically Parker, Landry, Stills, Julius Thomas, and J.H.I. They're not going to go too much deeper. So Cutler, at least, is going to keep this a little bit predictable and easier to control for fantasy. And J.H.I., what can you say? Look solid. 28 carries, 120 yards. The volume is always going to be there. He also has two catches for four yards. So J.H.I. is looking in fine form. Devontae Parker and Landry look like uh, every week uh, wide receiver two slash three plays, especially in PPR there excellent uh, with Cutler in there. For the Chargers, another good game for Keenan Allen. Didn't score this week, but this time had the 100-yard game on nine catches. We saw Hunter Henry, after not getting a target uh, last week, seven for 80 there. So he's back in the graces of tight end. Antonio Gates, they had to get him the record, but still only two catches for 11 yards with that TD. Melvin Gordon, what can you say about him? They really struggled to run the ball, which was a very surprising here. So when you look at uh, nine carries for 13 yards, he's able to get in the end zone. He made up for it with 65 yards receiving. So that was a big surprise that with this Dolphins run defense being terrible from a year ago, that uh, without Ray Maluga, the Chargers struggled. But I think there'll be better days. For Gordon and Jai are very similar backs to me. These are two very similar teams. And... uh, that's, I would expect Gordon to get on track as a rusher in his next game, so no worries there whatsoever. We go to our next game. It was the Raiders all over the Jets. That's going to be the story of the all season, that play everyone he can against the Jets. 45-20, to 20, really the only disappointment here for fantasy in this explosion was Amari Cooper because he had four catches for 33, but that's because Michael Crabtree had a heck of a day. Six catches... 80 yards, three scores here. Got all the scores from Derek Carr, who stays hot with two of his 230 yards passing. Now, the backfield kind of uh, hurt Cooper here because they had some long-run touchdowns here. Corderell Patterson shooting out of a cannon, 43-yard score. Then you had uh, Jalen Richard with a very easy 52-yard score. Marshawn Lynch had a short score, but those two guys going the distance kind of hurt uh, other guys from uh, – being involved that were relevant. So Lynch and Cooper might have been denied a, another chance in the end zone there by those plays. But that's unfortunately the nature of the Jets. They're too terrible where sometimes things are too easy where not everyone has to be involved. So, But you're still going to play everyone against them. That's the bottom line. This backfield still is Lynch. I think the way the game got out of hand, they didn't have to play him as much. And they had equal carries. If you look at this, 12 carries for Lynch, 12 exactly for Jalen Richardson. 
DeAndre Washington. So there's a clear plan on how they're using those guys in relation to Lynch as split carries and work in the passing game when they go limited to the air to them. On the Jets' side, Bilal Powell, you can forget about him. They really want Matt Forte to run ahead of Bilal Powell here for some reason. Nine carries, 53 yards, still not great. Powell, six for 13. So you look into this, Powell, no catches. Forte had four catches for 38. So the Forte is where the backfield is at this point. He had a, a decent game when you look at 91 yards from scrimmage. So Forte over Powell here. Jermaine Curse is the guy that you're looking at here for sure as the Jets' top receiver, McCown. You look for the guy that McCown has the chemistry with, and it's Curse. It's not Robbie Anderson. It's not our Darius Stewart. Curse with the two TDs, 166 yards from McCown there, and Curse, four for 64 and two scores. So the garbage time is going to come mainly from that duo here, so that's why you don't completely forget those guys. Now we go to another field goal fest for the most part. The Seahawks did get a touchdown, but they missed an extra point, 12-9. So not much to see there. The takeaway is that Carlos Hyde is going to be playable every time. 15 carries, turned 124 yards, had three catches for 19 yards. He was really the only source of offense. Everything else, as expected, was ugly, ugly. Less than 100 yards passing from Brian Hoyer. So Hyde is the every week 49er. Everyone else is take it or leave it. Pierre Garçon has to be the right matchups. This was not one of them. The takeaway from the Seahawks' backfield is that Chris Carson, forget Thomas Rawls being active, Eddie Lacy at all being on this team, 20 carries for 93 yards for Carson. Overall, a 100-yard day from scrimmage. While Rawls only five carries for four yards coming back from the ankle injury. Lacy nowhere to be found. So this backfield is still really Chris Carson now, ahead of C.J. Procise, who they're not involving as much in the passing game as we think yet. Jimmy Graham is just dead. One catch for one yard. I don't know what has happened to him, but he's faded hard in a contract year. Tough game all around. This 49ers defense is much improved, as we saw them do a number on the Panthers receivers last week. So this might be a tougher team than you think to move the ball on. The one thing you can count on is... Uh, Having the running game, that's what we saw. Carson was the guy to take advantage. That was the big twist in this, and he's a must-pickup going forward in basically every league as a potential big, big productive back. We go to our next game. It's the Rams and Redskins. This was a weird one. The Redskins pretty much ran down their throats. It was a very weird mixed backfield. Chris Thompson only had three carries, but it's 77 yards and two TDs, including a 61-yarder. Rob Kelly, the story here, might have broken ribs. Looked good early. 12 carries for 78. Samaj Pirine ended up with 21 carries for 67. So they just ran, ran, ran. What they probably should have done in week one. Kirk Cousins was an afterthought. Had 179 yards and a late TD here. But uh, really run, run, run. So it's, it might be Pirine and Thompson going back going forward. So if you held on to Pirine, he's going to get his chance here for sure to have an expanded role. This passing game, Jordan Reed, Jamison Crowder, Terrell Pryor, just in a funk here along with Cousins. So you're going to kind of avoid that. Hopefully they'll get going here at some point. With uh, the Rams, Jared Goff fell down. They're still at 224 yards and a touchdown. But Todd Gurley is the real story here. Had 16 carries, 18, 88 yards and a TD. Rushing, three catches, 48 yards and a TD. 
So that's how it's going to be here. Gurley's going to be pretty much the lifeblood. Everything else is hard to trust, especially when Gerald Everett, the rookie tight end, leads them in receiving three for 95. Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, just basically a blip. So that's going to be the frustration here, but Gurley is the only consistent source of Rams points. We go to the blowout, the Broncos 42-17. For the Cowboys, the story is Ezekiel Elliott was completely erased. Nine carries, eight yards, four catches, 14 yards. This is by far, by far his worst game in the NFL. It didn't look like his heart was in it late. Disappointing. I think he'll rebound against the Cardinals next week. Chalk it up to a tough matchup where it got out of hand and a bad matchup all around for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott came through a pretty good game overall when you look at the 238 yards, two TDs, two interceptions, but had 24 rushing yards. So Prescott proved that even a grind, he can produce some things. Jason Witten, we thought he would come through here. He did. He's an underneath receiver. 10 catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. So Witten scoring touchdowns and being involved. Des Bryant, tough matchup. You were pleased if you played him. Seven catches, 59 yards, and that short TD. So at least you got that out of uh, Witten and Bryant. And uh, you'll have some better days from Ezekiel Elliott for sure. But uh, Trevor Simeon, the story on the other side, four TD passes here he's looking legitimate not just as a streamer someone that you can consider as a play here and there in the right matchups QB1 spreading the ball well Demarius Thomas Emmanuel Sanders 6 for 71 for Thomas 662 and 2 for Sanders and CJ Anderson looking fantastic like his old self when he was a fantasy stud a few years ago 28 touches for 154 yards and 2 D's so CJ Anderson the lifeblood of its offense doing well pleased if you got him Finally, we'll end up with the Falcons and Packers, 34-23. Disappointing for Matt Ryan because it didn't turn into the shootout. 252 yards and a TD is all he needed. That's because Devontae Freeman had 84 yards rushing and two TDs. Tevin Coleman added 42 yards rushing. Julio Jones didn't have that touchdown. Unfortunately, it was 108 for Jones. Coleman did get in the end zone as the receiver. Jones and Sanu had a good games. 5 for 108 for Jones. 5 for 85 for Sanu. So solid but not spectacular. On the Packers side, Devontae Adams went off when Jordy Nelson got hurt. Unfortunately, that's going to be a major injury that might hurt the value of Aaron Rodgers as well as his two tackles, uh, David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga. Eight for 99, a touchdown for Adams. Montgomery took over there. Randall Cobb, a good game. So Adams, Montgomery, Cobb are going to be the main guys there if Nelson's out. Martellus Bennett's still not down with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Totally five for 47 here. So Rodgers still... Feeling it, I think he hasn't gotten totally hot yet, but still 343 and 2. You'll take that on a so called bad game from Rogers. So, there you have it a breakdown of all the games in week two of the NFL before we get into Monday Night Football. The Lions and Giants will break that game down, plus pick up Tuesday tomorrow. And just a reminder this edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football was brought to you by mybookie.ag. Get into all the action at mybookie.com where they'll match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time for Pickup Tuesday. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.